What's up, Comic Book Nation? I'm Kofi Outlaw, and welcome to this special edition of the podcast where we are going to be wrapping up and kind of recapping everything that we saw from Marvel Studios at Comic-Con 2019. And joining me for this very special discussion are two of the guys, one of them who was in the room at Hall H, Mr. Brandon Davis. Oh my God, what a Saturday night it was. It was (laughs) unbelievable. And playing quarterback during all of our crazy Comic-Con scramble, Mr. Producer Jim Viscardi. Hello, hello. San Diego, man. Yeah, San Diego. So we have all just kind of rolled off of planes (laughs) through an airport back into this studio and uh, we're kind of awake. Less than 10 hours ago, (laughs) I landed here. Yeah, Brandon Davis is like fighting to get awake here. I mean, (laughs) God bless. He's been doing some work for us out there. And uh, yeah. A lot of this is because like we did, we wanted so badly to do one Saturday, do a recap Saturday night. But by the time. We would have gotten to do it. It would have been like yeah. 10 o'clock Pacific time. And to have turned that around was absolutely crazy. And so we we're like, all right, well, maybe we'll just catch up on Wednesday. And then we got a bunch of tweets being like, yeah. hey, where's your Marvel recap? Where's your Marvel recap? So we decided we're going to roll in this morning. And we're going to r- knock yeah. this one out. This hey, is we for appreciate you guys, yeah. the fans, and because you guys are such a great fan base. And uh, yeah, we got to meet your demands. You know, <laughs> I do we, we say, built this whole thing up. Now we got to actually like deliver to your demands. And so here we are. I would also like to say thank you to everybody at Comic-Con who like set, came up and said, hey, we love the podcast. There were a few people who did that. Yeah. That's super cool. So we really appreciate you. I think I met a guy named Chip uh, and a few other people I don't that probably we didn't even exchange names. But uh, thank you to all of you who yeah. show support. We got a lot of uh, love for the podcast while we were out there. And yeah, as Brandon said, we appreciate it. Now, now that we've kind of fallen over ourselves, let's talk some Marvel. Yeah. Because there were a lot of crazy things. Marvel Studios head Kevin Feige came out and rolled out basically our first roadmap, and I just say first roadmap through uh, Phase Mm 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. and uh, Basically for the next two years. Yeah, next two years. And needless to say, I think it's an understatement to say, this is a very different party than we kind of entered into in the Phase 1 Infinity Saga. Like, this is like a brave new world for real. These movies are a lot different from their titles Mm -hmm. on to, like, how they're being built and presented. And, um, yeah, so we got a lot to talk about. I know Joke thought that when they did the title for Doctor Strange, the Doctor Strange into the... In the Multiverse of Madness. In the Multiverse of Madness and Thor Love and Thunder. I know... I thought those were basically Captain America Serpent Society titles yeah. that they were just going to be like, oh, just kidding. Here's what it really is. Yeah. But no, those are the real titles. Yeah. And those are the real logos for now. Yeah. Like, They're just yeah. like, what we're, do we do? Whatever we want now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Marvel, we can do whatever. Like, <laughs> Anything you know. goes. So where do you guys want to begin? Where do you want to jump in? Uh, Mr. Brandon Davis, you I were mean, in Hall should H. We just go down the line? Yeah, let's just go down the line. State? Take us through what actually happened in Hall H. Well, they, they skipped out. the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they showed the slate, and everybody was like, whoa, seven movies in 2021. Which I think like surprised basically everyone. I mean, we all did our predictions and whatnot. And I don't, outside of the, the, two, the three movies we knew we were going to get, basically Shang-Chi, Eternals, and Black Widow, and I guess Thor 4 since it got announced, all of the other stuff... Well, we had heard all about all of it. Like there were rumors and other you know outlets saying this was coming and stuff like that. None of mm. nothing was confirmed, but we knew Scott Derrickson was going to do a Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. We knew a Hawkeye series was coming. We knew Wandavision was coming. Mm-hmm. But even in the the confirmations of things that we had heard about heard about, there were surprises. Yes. Yeah. Like for example, the Eternals. We knew. Angelina Jolie was supposedly in the Eternals. We knew Kumail Nanjiani was supposedly in the Eternals. We had no idea Selma Hayek was in the Eternals. No. 
Nobody knew that. No. Uh, we had no idea Brian Tyree Henry was in the Eternals. No. Mm-hmm. And those are awesome announcements. Yeah. Um, the crazy thing, though, is about the just jumping on the Eternals, uh, and as we're saying, Angelina Jolie is playing Thena. Yeah. Not Cersei, who yeah. everyone thought she was. We still don't know play. if Cersei's we in the movie. We don't know if she's in the movie or not. Yeah. Cersei. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. Like, yeah, I don't think anybody saw that really coming. I mean, some. I think if I remember some small contingent of fans were, were leaning towards the Athena angle, but that was mm-hmm. a big surprise. Yeah. Like, yeah, and like the casting of Eternals was. Also, I mean, piggybacking off that, the casting of Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, first of all, big shout out to Simu Liu, who is cast as Shang-Chi. Because, did you see his he will, tweet? He willed it yeah. into existence. Dude, this guy tweeted at Marvel, hey, one, you want to talk about Shang-Chi? Yo, Kevin Feige, when you want to talk about Nova? <laughs> uh, like, but, and then he responded to the, his own tweet and wrote, ah, oh, well, she, like, uh, after Hall H on yeah, like, Saturday. I guess this worked. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> crap, it's, I'm Shang-Chi now. This is a big responsibility. I think that that uh, was super, like, he came out, spoke in Mandarin, on the stage. Oh, that's awesome. That was super cool. When he came out, like, I mean, and it was like not a quick little snippet of, hey, it's me. Like, he, I don't know what he said. He said a lot in Mandarin. And people, like, people were cheering, though. We had no idea what he was saying. I don't know what percentage of people in Hall H spoke the language, but it was really cool to have him come out on stage and represent the culture. And I remember uh, just a couple weeks ago when we saw that report that Kevin Feige wanted to cast Shang-Chi before Hall H, the, the requirement was you have to be able to speak mm-hmm. Chinese and you have to be able to speak English in an American, traditional American accent. And they stuck to it. They really, they found somebody who can do both. They want to represent the culture. The movie comes out February 2020, which is... Uh, and or, let's talk about it because Shang-Chi is somewhere I want to dig in. Because for me, this was the most intriguing thing I saw personally. Yeah. Um, we got a full title for the movie, which is <laughs> Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Which, yes. interesting, just instantly made everybody throw up their hands, you know... Marvel Cinematic Universe diehards to go, oh, like, you know, this is a big new door that's opening. And that wasn't, you know, the one that um, CM Liu, CM Yu, I'm going to butcher this name. CM Liu. Liu yeah. said on stage, wasn't the only Mandarin we got. We got an actual Mandarin. Yeah. The real Mandarin Tony is being. Tony Leung, right? Yeah, Tony, uh, Tony Leung. I am yeah. so, my tongue is so not prepared for all of this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But um, yeah, he's playing, who's a great actor, and he's playing. The real Mandarin. Um, And I think at this point we can speculate because we've been writing alongside a lot of fans and theories uh, as Shang-Chi's been going through development that there would be this kind of switch out. Because in Marvel lore, Shang-Chi's father is Fu Manchu, Mm -hmm. this crime lord, and he starts out as on the wrong side. And we figured there would be a change over that, you know, somehow this would be switched over. And now it seems like that theory could be right and we could get a story in which... Shang Chi is actually the Mandarin's son. It's yeah, I don't think that Marvel. As far as I know, Marvel doesn't have the rights to Fu Manchu. They they can't do a movie with Fu Manchu. So they could do a Mandarin is his father story. They could just do a villain. They could change it all to his. I'm not sure. Maybe they just maybe just rename his dad. Um, But we're still relying on Iron Man in Phase Four. That's that's what I was gonna say. It's like, sure, hey, we've got this brand new character, but guess what? We're tying him to Iron Man. I, I have. I mean, I haven't read very many Shang Chi comics in my day. I've honestly just flipped a few pages, uh, but I've read a lot of Iron Man comics and read a lot of Mandarin stories in Iron Man comics, and like, I'm curious where we're gonna see parallels and how deep. Like, I mean, inevitably, it has to inevitably tie back because the Ten Rings was present. Within within, Iron Man. Within, Man. within Iron Man. Right. And so 
Um, so is Ben Kingsley in the movie? Probably not. Is Aldrich Killian in the movie? That'd be a great post-credit scene. <laughs> it's, but they like did what they need. did say. What Kevin Feige did say on stage was, uh, he's like, you know, we did a little one shot, mm-hmm. and it was attached to Iron Man three. It was called All Hail the King, and we say there's a real Mandarin, mm-hmm. and we're gonna have the real Mandarin. So he's they're really good. I mean, the cut is there from Iron Man three, and they, it- they showed a montage of Ten Rings from the MCU, including Iron Man, including Iron Man three, including Ant Man. Mm-hmm. It just feels like a very cool way. Like, they say the Mandarin's going to be in it, but I wonder if the Mandarin is in this movie actually going to be more of an ever-looming presence over the MCU, potentially in this phase. Right? Like, I think the Mandarin is a level of villain that you can have. Like, not, not necessarily Thanos level, but Ultron level, Ultron level, maybe. I, I mean, I think that's on par, but I still think there's going to be a deeper story about yeah. him and family. And, yeah, I think know, so too. You know, Chinese culture and family yep. and tradition and all this stuff that's built in the story of him and Shang Chi. Um, what happens in this movie when it's set is a big question. Yeah. Um, I think they haven't confirmed that. They haven't no, said no. anything. So if it's like in the past or something, mm-hmm. like what happens and he thinks his father's gone, but you know the Mandarin's not really gone, mm-hmm. makes Shang Chi a, a more prominent and important player in the kind of current timeline. Like I could see all of that happening. Honestly, just fingers crossed. This movie is the junket that gets me to China. <laughs> <laughs> Never been. <laughs> that one's for the fans. For the fans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, man. yeah, but I mean, I guess if you do go, the fans go with you. So uh, support this man. All right. So um, okay. So we, Eternals was the, so they skipped. Well, well, I guess we'll circle back to Black Widow. We'll do this in the order they announced it. They skipped Black Widow. They went straight to Eternals. Then they went to Shang Chi. Then they went to WandaVision, I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, which was really interesting because the teaser that we saw... Wait, before we get into this, can we just take a minute and just talk about, step back and just talk about... I'm pulling up the... What a big middle finger this was for Marvel Studios to Marvel TV. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So in like a few, yeah. in like a few months like, time... I mean, they put TV shows on the official phase lineup. Oh, we skipped Like one. that has got to hurt to every Marvel, ABC, yeah. Marvel, <laughs> Netflix... Like Marvel Hulu show out there mm-hmm. that's just like I want to be up there. <laughs> In a few months, do you think Jeff Loeb still has a job as head of Marvel TV? Uh, it's more of if if he wants it, I would like. Say. Does Marvel TV still exist? Is basically what I'm asking. Uh, it, it's really it's gonna be really curious to watch what Disney does with its three television units between ABC, yeah. Fox, yeah. And, big, and Marvel. Question yeah. to see like do that does it just become a Disney television unit that gets broken out into some brands do they keep the fox branding there's still a ton of questions depending on how all that rolls out i think it's hard to say what potentially the the but it's i mean it feels like marvel tv is it feels like disney is going to learn from the mistakes of the past and keep a tighter unified leash on Mm -hmm. all of this kevin feige's not going to do this unless it's all going to yeah connect and work together for, yeah. for the MCU's benefit. So, we got our first things of the Disney right. Plus series, which are it, which actually we skipped MCU one. Series. We skipped the first one. The first thing they did was the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um and Anthony Mackie came out on stage with the shield. He's been fitted for a Captain America suit for the first time. He thinks it looks awesome. That's really cool. Uh and they showed us a teaser where Baron Zemo sits down and he talks and he's like, "You're probably expecting a big threat." 
but no, I'll be seeing you soon, gentlemen. And he puts his mask on. The, the purple. The purple sock mask? I was what? very. It was like I a, didn't even hear this. Yeah, I put that. I dropped. Hey, I dropped that in the group chat. <laughs> I, I haven't been. I, he, we he were put, moving a mile away. I know. Like, but he yeah. put it on. It had two little eye holes. He puts it on his head, and, and then the screen goes black, and he's gonna. it looks like he's going to be the villain of the series. Oh, oh that's going to be awesome. So that's really exciting. So in. Um, that starts, from what I know, that starts filming this fall in October in Atlanta. And then it'll be on Disney Plus in the fall of next this year. This is just like I want to show. I want that Winter Soldier vibe back. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, you're, I think you're gonna get the. We'll talk about that because I think one of those mo- one of these movies is offering that vibe. And then Wandavision was the tease for when is this? Uh, spring 2021. Um, and it was really interesting because the teaser looked very 60s, 50s. Like it, it, it was like an old school TV. The logo you've seen looks so like a 50s diner logo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then. Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen come on stage and they give this whole tease and they ask Paul Bettany, when does this take place? And he's just like, I don't know. Last time I saw Vision, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, he died in Infinity War. And then Kevin Feige says, this takes place after Endgame. Yeah. So I don't really understand how that's going to work. It was so, like Westworld? Are they going to Westworld this whole no, thing? No, I, I don't think, know. I think the rumors have been that this is basically going to be a play off of um, the, the series Tom King did, the Vision series. Where I think they they bring they will bring Vision back and give try to give him a family. So I think it's going to be a mix of him oh, trying to him trying to settle in to you know having the life that he wanted with Wanda, etc. And so so those parts will probably be. How's he going to come back to life? They'll just rebuild him. He's a freaking robot. But will he have the same memories and stuff? Well, that's the question, right? Like, that, I think the question will tie into what was Shuri able to do in those last moments uh, during Infinity War uh, to, you know, for his consciousness and whatnot. Yeah, whatever. They'll use movie magic. I'm curious, like, will characters like Shuri, because I, I really won't be surprised if they do appear in WandaVision. For a, I mean, it's just for a second, like, yeah, sure. For a second. But it'll be really cool to see that stuff all tied in. Now that it is all Marvel Studios, yeah. surprises like that can mm-hmm. happen much easier. But there could be, a, there, but there could be a thing where, like, if they do bring Vision back, he, well, I guess because he hasn't been around for a while, so they can't really be like, oh, what if they just turn it back and they, they, he's got memories just from the fifties? But I don't. know. I think there's, there's going to be this weird, like, I think it should be a fifty set, but now he's like white and he has to deal with that. Because he's white vision. <laughs> <laughs> so I, one of the the most interesting thing to come of this, I mean, at least from my perspective, because I love the connectivity of it, the, the when characters can appear on the things, is that they said that you're going to learn why Scarlet Witch is, the how Scarlet Witch became Scarlet Witch, basically, why she is the way she is. So maybe we'll get some mutant stuff. But also, uh, it's going to lead, di- that like they said, this is going to lead directly into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, in which Scarlet Witch will appear. She is a big part of that movie, and that maybe, movie maybe comes the vision, out. Maybe the vision is a multiverse vision. Like, what if she from starts from the 50s? Oh, what if she starts messing with like the crazy storyline where she starts like getting crazy Scarlet Witch and she starts messing with reality to bring back vision? Maybe it's like Wanda's mm-hmm. vision. Yeah, he's not really mm-hmm. there. Exactly. Like, yeah. when she starts messing with we just reality. Well, that's what happens. House of M. Come on, write it, write it up. <laughs> Somebody get it on the site. Yeah. Oh God, we gotta write uh, this up. And then, so Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, they didn't say who the villain was. No. Right? We've heard it might be Nightmare. Right. Uh, and. I mean, that sounds Scott, like a guy appropriate for a multiverse of yeah. madness. Scott Derrickson promised this will be the first scary movie in the MCU, to which Kevin Feige promptly, as if on cue, <laughs> knew the sentence was ending and started his at that instant, said, 
It will be PG-13 and you're going to like it. <laughs> so no debate on whether or not Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is rated R. I don't know if he was saying it to the fans to stop them from asking or saying it to Scott Derrickson to stop Dr. him from asking. Column A and column B. Or both, because uh, I know Derrickson is a That's big fan of That's how you get super producer title. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Um, I don't, we don't really know too much about this one. No. Other than that, it's the May it's May Strange 2021 movie. That's the way Scott Derrickson likes it. Yeah. Although, I mean, it was interesting that you were right. You were like the sole voice that said that Doctor Strange would be that, that May summer kickoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's a big character. Yeah. I thought it had to be either Thor or Doctor Strange in that slot. I thought it was going to absolutely be Thor, but no. So then the next series is Loki from Disney Plus Spring 2021, which brings back Tom Hiddleston. They confirmed it is Loki from 2012 Endgame. He goes on this journey, and we're going to follow him. Um Again, another thing they didn't tell us too much about other than I that. I think he's getting all the artifacts needed to make up his ugly logo. <laughs> What's crazy is that the, when, in All Age, when they showed the logo, it kept... I don't know what it's supposed to mean. I'm sure it's supposed to indicate something about the series that we'll understand in retrospect. It, the logo was the letters just kept changing their font to crazy, stupid, ridiculous fonts. And then the one they released is just one mm-hmm. based on that. But that's all they showed us was a, a changing logo. And then Tom Hiddleston took the stage and um, basically said he's excited to explore what's next for Loki. And this is it. But they, they did point out this is a Loki that hasn't seen the growth mm-hmm. since the Avengers. So he so hasn't. This is, this is petulant child Loki. Yes. Oh, he hasn't right. developed the relationship with Thor through the Dark World and Ragnarok and mm-hmm. all that. He hasn't experienced loss of his mother. He hasn't gone through all of that. So he's still very mischievous, the guy who just attacked Earth in the Avengers. Which probably makes it a little bit more fun. Than yeah, if, it's going to be fun yeah. for us. It's fun for all the Hiddlestoners out there. <laughs> he, dude, he has the biggest fan. If you tweet the word Tom Hiddleston, they, the word Tom Hiddleston, they go crazy for it. Then, I think this, pro- this, was, this has, I think, built the most excitement, um, or I've seen the biggest excitement uh, across social media, is the What If series, which goes to Disney Plus after Loki. They showed a teaser That's for it. That's you've seen the most excited for. I'm telling you, I've seen more. The, when, I've, yeah. when I've tweeted, hey, what is everybody most excited for? When I've put it on Facebook, the one comment I'm getting, the, everything's getting tossed in there, but the most common one mm-hmm. is what if. And I took a picture of the voice cast. Let me pull it up. So they showed a teaser I mean, it's for basically that. basically everybody. It's everybody. Yeah. Um, where is this? So they, uh, they showed the teaser, though, and... It featured like Captain Britain, Jeffrey Wright as the, the Watcher. Watcher. Yeah, which okay, is, which is really cool. Yeah, that's. I'm just gonna that's read these great. off really quickly. Sebastian Stan, Josh Brolin, Mark Ruffalo, Tom Hiddleston, Samuel Jackson, Chris Hemsworth, Haley Atwell, Chadwick Boseman, Karen Gillan, Jeremy Renner, Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Stanley Tucci, David Desmalchian, uh, Natalie Portman, Sean Gunn, Dominic Cooper, Neil McDonough, Taika Waititi, Tony Jones, uh, Jaiman Hounsou, Jeff Goldblum, Michael Rooker, and Chris Sullivan. Taserface is there. Uh, so. <laughs> I mean, they're going everywhere with yeah. this, and that's Man, just Disney the, knows how to keep these actors happy. They're like, "You want to make additional <laughs> funds? We got you on the voice, <laughs> little voice acting." Here you go. Well, yeah, and so the, it's an animated series, uh, basically talking about if characters made different decisions within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, narrated by Jeffrey Wright's Watcher. Yeah, which like if you're a fan, awesome. like the, the comic series is always one of my favorites. Once yeah. a year, Marvel puts out five different new, uh, new iterations of it. Um, and some of them actually, it's, it's funny to watch the ones that were a bit more classic actually happen in the main comic stuff. Uh, one, which we'll, one, which we'll talk about, uh, uh, in a bit, but, um, but those are always just great, right? Just like seeing 
you know, different takes on, you know, your characters done in an animated yeah. form. That, that, that's going to be fun. It's all the things that you just couldn't pull off in the MCU, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. You know? um, so that's exciting. And that is slated for summer 2021. And then, I mean, we got three Disney Plus series in a row between mm-hmm. movies. Uh, fall 2021. Uh, I know Jim's excited for this one. That's right. Hawkeye. Uh, and they showed a teaser for it, which Jeremy Renner then posted on Instagram. So I don't know if he's still, I don't know if he's unemployed yet. Uh, they may have fired him, but he, he posted the whole teaser on Instagram. If you haven't seen it, brief description, it was just yellow and purple shapes and stuff, including it looked, the it shape looked, of Kate Bishop. It looked like what the credit scene of a Hawkeye movie would have been. Yes. Right? Like it was that weird animated, you know, sort of yeah, style. Catch me if you can. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Hawkeye is the moment where you realize that, you know, we're going to get Thor. We're going to get Black Widow. And uh, it stuck straight. Like, all the Avengers are here except Captain America and Iron Man. Yeah. All of them are getting their own stuff yeah. except well, Captain America and Iron Man. Well, Hulk, that's true, I guess. But he'll be it somewhere. Let's be yeah. honest. He's going to be in one of these movies, I'm sure. Um, but they said that this takes place after Endgame. I'm pretty sure they said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeremy Renner said that he gets to train Kate Bishop to be Hawkeye. And he's probably training somebody who's going to be better at being Hawkeye than himself. I'm not sure how much he's going to be in it. I don't think they've cast Kate Bishop yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, there, there's a lot that they can draw from from this, right? Like, obviously, you know, the logo takes its inspiration from the Matt Fraction, David yep. Aja mm-hmm. um, book, uh, where, you know, sort of, but, you know, the, a lot of the big premise there is Hawkeye kind of being on his own. It's a bit different now in the it's movies because he's got a movie. There's Pizza Dog in there. But the but the main crux of uh, that book was, based, you know, towards the middle-ish part of it was his relationship with training Kate Bishop and all that. And then uh, there's a few other books, uh, one by Jeff Lemire, one by, um, uh, oh my gosh, why am I uh, forgetting her name right now? Um, Kelly Thompson, um, where there's a bunch of solo Kate Bishop stuff that obviously has some ties to Clint that I think will be very, very interesting. And obviously, you know, my hope is, is that you have this, um, you know, if you if we see potentially the birth of uh, Wiccan and um, uh, and his brother, whose name I'm forgetting, the fast the fast one, uh, you know, this basically laying the foundation of a, a young Avengers type thing. We know Cassie Lang exists in uh, you know the MCU, so more and more we're getting yeah. we're getting those more characters. threads beginning. Yeah, through. starting to yeah. pull together. All you need is to know that Hulk, you know, did a little bit more. Then just gladiator stuff on Sakaar, mm-hmm. and then you get the son of Hulk appears one day. Right. <laughs> I want to see the scene where uh, Bruce Banner <laughs> learns, or Smart Hulk learns, he's got a kid. <laughs> oh. oh, gosh. Um, and then the last movie on the slate was Thor Love and Thunder, which, what are they doing with these titles? I don't what know. are they doing? It's such a Taika title, it's a, yeah, though, that 80s, it's just like, like all right. Gosh. It's an 80s glam rock. Yeah. And I mean, like, also, with, with a are, He-Man looking logo. Yeah. People are hating on logos, and these logos are going to change. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, when they okay. announced Thor Ragnarok, the, 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 the logo changed. I'm sure, like, this is just for the announcement. Yeah, end game. It, it all changed. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, so, but the movie title will stay the same. So Thor: Love and Thunder brings back Chris Hemsworth, brings back Tessa Thompson, who Taika our Martini first uh, confirmed LGBTQ uh, character. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so Tessa Thompson said they asked, "What is she? Her first act as king of Asgard?" And she said, "Well, you know, now that she's king, she has to find her queen." Mm-hmm. So Valkyrie's looking for love out there. That's awesome. Um, the love, and then the thunder. Chris Hemsworth, Thor's back, and he might not be Thor anymore, or the only Thor. 
I don't know how they're going to follow the Jason Aaron run, the Mighty Thor, and include the female Thor, Jane Foster, which Taika Waititi said there's only one person who can play their female Thor. And to the shock of everybody in Hall H, Natalie Portman is back in Marvel Studios movies. Good and for she, her. Hey, yeah. I'm happy for her. I like Natalie Portman. I was just talking about it. I was re-watching the Star Wars prequels, and we were talking on a, like, a previous episode about how it just like, rekindled my Natalie Portman flame. I was like, man, you, you mm. know, it uh. would be good. She's great. Yeah, she's this poor, the poor Natalie Portman. She, I don't think she's a she's a good actress. She has just had a few bad roles. Yeah, I mean, like, it, but she's starting to. She, but I mean, she's anything she's done. I don't think everyone anyone's ever said it's. Oh, it's Natalie. Portman. Right. That's that's my point. Is that in the Star Wars prequels, it was not her no, fault. She no, no. did the best with what she was given. Yeah, and, and people, she did the and same I've come with around Thor to like those. World. A lot of people have come around oh, to yeah. actually really like those. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, that's off the table. She still like gets recognized for work and like mm-hmm. uh, like kind of more independent films like Closer, mm-hmm. like which is still like a very big cult hit. Um, Black Swan was a mm-hmm. big hit. Like I mean, she's still kind of even coasting off that yep. acclaim for doing stuff like that. So like yeah, she's been doing all right. She's not. I mean, Natalie Portman has not had it bad. Like no. I mean, the Marvel thing was unfortunate, and this is a good thing because it was kind of unfortunate because she was one of the. I mean, she has long been like one of the earliest harbingers of what is now like you know the times up me too like kind of mm-hmm. movement and era of you know for feminism and like she was just a lot earlier and like yeah so when thor 2 came out and patty jenkins wonder woman director was attached like she was all into that and behind that and like when it fell apart and marvel went with alan taylor game of thrones franchise killer alan taylor <laughs> uh thor the dark world uh and terminator genesis infamy mm-hmm. you know those are his big movie credits mm-hmm. like yeah she she, she didn't she i mean like she it. kind of like just fell out just of wrote, love with it and i remember doing the store the dark world interviews with her and she was just like i mean she was just a piece of stone she mm-hmm. was just so over it and she didn't badmouth marvel at all right she just everything you said like she was like i don't know marvel knows like and mm-hmm. you know i i you know anyway so it, it was she just wanted a chance to do something in this universe of, of substance besides be right. Thor's girl in distress. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. like, now it's kind of nice. And, and I wonder if we've, like, society finally caught up and we're like, But yeah, also, too, like, like Jason Aaron's it. run of, you know, Jane Foster as Thor is regarded as one of the best Thor stories. Yeah. Uh, you know, of modern written, times. Of mo- yeah, yeah. of modern times. Like, it's... He he has done that book for so long that there are so many different ways and so many different things that they can do with that character that it's actually really, really exciting that that's a direction that they want to take because you can do another two, three movies potentially based off Is there any six stuff. Thor movies? I mean, that's, that's going to be the craziest thing, right? Yeah. I mean, um, could you have a Thor movie without Chris Hemsworth? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean no, we could be laying the groundwork uh, for that. Right. But you know, I mean, yeah, but you don't need him in the starring role. It'll be interesting right. to see, and it'll be interesting to see how Taika, who has a very you know big sense of humor, but the Jason Aaron run has a lot of serious stuff with yeah. Jane Foster mm-hmm. and why she becomes Thor, and like right. you know, this is like also like a life saving thing for her. Mm-hmm. And so like, will if it's about like Chris Hemsworth's Thor, like giving her this power because she like need mm-hmm. actually needs it, and where that leaves him as like the Odin son and just kind of. Mm-hmm you know, warrior finding his own way, it'd be an interesting turn. And, and it could be, as well as being very funny, like a very powerful movie, like yeah, for these for two sure. characters. And, you know, and kind of a redemptive for how bad, you know, Jane Foster got it. <laughs> I wonder if, the, if there's any connection how Kevin Foggy made this happen with in like conversations and getting her to do a scene for Endgame. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. But so, uh, uh, we got to bring it to a close soon. So, uh, the, Ray the, D, take the, us home. The last movie they talked about uh, at the Marvel Studios panel is the first movie we will see is Black Widow. Uh, they brought out the whole cast Florence Pugh, Rachel Weiss, uh, David Harbour, OT Fag Benley, um, and Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. and director Kate Shortland. And they talked about the movie. It, all they would say is, it is before. That was it. We're like, I said, when does this take place in the history of the MCU? They said, before. <laughs> uh, we're getting Taskmaster. We're getting Red Guardian. They showed us footage. Let me tell you something. This footage looked like a mashup of The Winter Soldier, Jason Bourne, and Mission Impossible. Mm. It was so gritty and raw. And I think, honestly, maybe we're getting Winter Soldier vibes because I think they'd use the temp score. And I think they just borrowed it from Winter Soldier. Because you know how, like, when the Winter Soldier would be coming into a, a shot or something, or he'd be, like, creeping on Captain America, and you'd hear, like, that, like, or whatever that, yeah. like, little shrieky sound is in the background. I think that they used that for the fight scene we saw. We saw uh, Florence Pugh's Yelena fighting Natasha. In, they, they, they burst into a house. They fought through a kitchen. They destroyed the whole kitchen. They went into the living room, destroyed the living room, choked each other out with a curtain and like basically played who's going to choke out first as <laughs> they were both wrapped in the same curtain and it was pretty cool and then all of a sudden they're having a drink together and Natasha's like where you been sis and I'm not really sure what the relationship is there because Yelena is supposed to want to kill Natasha or it'd be hard to kill Natasha uh, and then we didn't we saw Taskmaster at the very end of it looked awesome they had a fight on a bridge where Taskmaster exactly mirrored Black Widow's moves um and I think, I'm calling this now, this might be a spoiler if I'm right, but I think that David Harbour is not Taskmaster. I think that Rachel Weiss as Melina, and we know Melina becomes Iron Maiden in the comics, I think they're doing a switch here. I think she becomes Taskmaster, and she's out for revenge against Black Widow for her basically being better than her all the time. Kind of like a Gamora Nebula situation where they were trained together, they were tortured together, they went through such terrible things, and one was always better than the other, and the one who wasn't better wanted revenge. They were going to get something similar to that, I think we have a, a woman as Taskmaster, and it's Rachel Weisz. I'm calling that right now. I think that's the twist, but I'm sorry yeah. if I was right. And then on that, I would say I think this movie also leaves Yelena in a spot to be picked up somewhere else yeah. further in the further yeah, in, the in the new timeline after right. the game. Exactly. I would say, so. but it makes sense to have a woman be the villain of yeah, this I mean, movie. Like this would. is the first. That would be a good switch. Black Widow movie. Well, Taskmaster, like it's malleable. You can do that. Mm-hmm. So we got to wrap up one. We got to get out of here. But there is one thing that happened at the end of the panel that we can't forget. Oh, mm. A shocking surprise. A return to the thing that arguably started this whole Marvel movie, like <laughs> new era supremacy in the first place. We got Blade back. God, with Not just Mahar- Blade. Mahershala Ali. So if coolest, you wanted Wesley Snipes, you can't even be mad now. Wish no. for. Because Mahershala like, Ali yeah. is the man. Yeah. So apparently Mahershala Ali was cast six no, months nine ago. Nine months ago. Nine months ago. It was ago. nine months ago. He called Kevin Feige and said, I want to be Blade. And they're, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how similarly you was like, yo, I want to be Shang Chi. Mahershala Ali was like, yep, uh, I want to be Blade. And apparently that's how it's done now. That's how you get my roles in Marvel movies now. You just need to say it. You, yeah. All right. <laughs> so there you go. You got any roles for a Marvel movie you want to play? You know the man to call, Kevin Feige. We don't got his number. That's on you. <laughs> this has been a bonus episode of Comic Book Nation. Thank you for listening. We have so much Comic Con content to kind of get through on the site, on the podcast, Comic Book Now. Like, it's going to be all over the place. So jump in. We have a Comic Con page for you. 
on the site because there's a lot that we saw and a lot more that you guys haven't seen yet that's mm -hmm. coming your way. So be sure to tune in. Otherwise, this is Comic Book Nation. We have new episodes every Wednesday, every Friday. Be sure to subscribe. You can subscribe on your favorite listening platform, iTunes, Google Playlist. I'm not going to do the whole thing this time. <laughs> Tell Alexa you want to hear Comic Book Nation podcast. She'll fire it up for you. All right, this is Kofi Outlaw. We're out of here. Hit us up at the hashtag Comic Book for Nation for any more Comic-Con questions. We'll see you next time. We're out.